Welcome to the AP Euro Recap Podcast, where we review what we will be learning each week during class. I hope you are entertained, and I hope you learn something. Thanks for watching. Welcome to this week's episode of the AP Euro Recap Podcast, where we will be reviewing the Northern Renaissance and Italian Renaissance, and also we will be looking into the New World and the discovery of the New World. Um, If you want to skip to the New World and don't want to listen to Renaissance, then I will have the time slot in the description so you can skip ahead to that time slot. But for now, let's get into it. So I first want to give a little kind of contextualization or a backdrop setting of where the Renaissance was taking place. So the Black Death or the Black Plague had just occurred in Europe and because so much of the population I believe about one-third had died, there was a much more emphasis on work and the economy that somebody would be paid a lot higher if they start to work. And because of this, the commerce and economy started to see an uphill turn away from the Middle Ages and people started to have a little bit more opportunities for economic growth. And this will kind of lead in to why the Renaissance was fueled. As these wealthy elites gain money, they will able to sponsor or be a patron for artwork and the artwork that many royals or other wealthy elites wanted. And these patrons won notably the Medici family. Um, They got their money from banking. They were able to sponsor many artworks and these might be for status reasons. It elevated their status and or could be to display social and political views or religious views, but we'll get into why that wasn't heavily emphasized in the Italian Renaissance. So the Renaissance kind of starts in Italy, and it's mainly in the epicenter of Florence. And this is because Florence is a big area for commerce and It's just a booming hub for money, trading, everything like that, banking. And this is where you get the patrons fueling artwork. And so where is this art focused? Well, we start to see a new new view of thinking during the Renaissance. And it's this humanism and individualism that people need to be more thinking about the human and the individual, hence the names of the two vocabulary words. And it also kind of 
strays away from religious views and more on a term called secularism, where people really looked more at themselves and at um, other people in detail and not in the religion as a whole. And this is why in paintings during the Italian Renaissance, we see people, a lot of people, and these people had realism. And this realism is the focus on the individual and the focus in detail. So a ton of the artwork is very detailed and to a point it, it looks real. And this was the main emphasis of Italian Renaissance artwork is the detail. And another type of tool they used was perspective. And this also kind of used lines and different views to hone in on something in the artwork and put emphasis and detail on that. So the Renaissance was all about detail and kind of putting emphasis on the human. And another type of thing that fueled and influenced Renaissance artwork was classic, classicism. And this was from Roman and Greek kind of philosophies. And this is where the humanism and secularism kind of comes from. It takes from classicism. So let's talk about some of the important people of the Renaissance in Italy. We have da Vinci. He was everything. He was an artist, sculptor, architect, scientist, engineer, and inventor. We have Michelangelo. He did the very detailed, um, realistic focus on the individual with David. And we also have him painting the Sistine Chapel. And that was very, very detailed. I mean, it's very pretty. Must have taken a really long time. And we also have Raphael. And he also did some important pieces like the School of Athens. And that painting is particularly important because it shows the secularism that it doesn't have any religious focus, but it's all about secularism and Greek philosophers, all of that stuff. And we also have Bruna Leschke. I think I said his name right. And he was the architect of the cathedral and that pretty dome in Florence. So as we finish off the Italian Renaissance, the main focuses are that it was very emphasis on individualism and humanism and the person. And it was very detailed. The artwork was very detailed, very real. It looked real. And it also used tools like perspective and other tools to focus in on people in the artwork. And they also used many mediums to display this detail of sculpting, artwork, wood maybe, even that. 
and it was fueled by the patrons that got wealth. So let's move on to the Northern Renaissance. So the Northern Renaissance was a little bit different than the Italian Renaissance because it focused more on religious and Christian aspects compared to the Italian Renaissance that had very little religious focus at all. And this Northern Renaissance was mainly centered in the Holy Roman Empire, France, and England. And this was more focused on moral and institutional reform. And a big name you'll hear is Erasmus. And he was trying to reform the Catholic Church. And they say he's one of the greatest thinkers of the Northern Renaissance. And his famous book is A Praise of Folly. And another name you'll hear is Thomas More, and he wrote Utopia. And this is another book that's displaying different ideas. This was the perfect world, and they thought this might be the new world that we'll get into in a bit. But these were two thinkers that were bringing up new ideas during the Northern Renaissance. So, how did the Northern Renaissance get displayed in artwork? So, they still had patrons, but these were more princes and kings that funded artwork. And a big thing about the artwork is while it did focus on humanism and realism, it also focused on naturalism. And how can we think of naturalism? What would, you, what would you think about when you would say naturalism? Well, it's basically landscapes and people and all the things that natural in everyday life. And this is where peasants were more seen in artwork, where in the Italian Renaissance, peasants wouldn't be seen. And this is because it was natural. Peasants were natural. And they wanted to show natural things, natural landscapes in the artwork. And also you'll see more Christian values and religious values in artwork. And this was definitely a change from the Italian Renaissance. And while many will say it's different from the Italian Renaissance, it's still kind of birthed from the Italian Renaissance with that humanism and realism. It just mainly focused on more Christian values and religious reform. And that's where you have Erasmus trying to reform the Catholic Church. Another important thinker and author, writer of the Northern Renaissance was Machiavelli. He kind of introduced what he thought would be a perfect leader in his book, The Prince. And he was a political scholar and he influenced many of what he thought really would be the perfect ideal leader, whether 
people disagreed with him or agreed with him. And it's important to note that if people disagreed with him, especially if it was higher-ups, the nobility, or the monarchy, they might have consequences if they propose these new ideas. Like Machiavelli and Thomas More, who wrote Utopia, they were both executed for their kind of crazy ideas, you could say, or um, out-of-the-box ideas, because people rejected them and didn't like what they were saying. It's important to note the Gutenberg press that was invented during the Northern Renaissance because this new way of printing books and publications, which was previously done by hand, could now be quickly published quick and quickly um, produced. And these ideas of Machiavelli, Erasmus, and Thomas More in their books could easily be spread out to the populations because of the printing press that could easily print books and easily get into the hands of people that were maybe unable to afford what the big price of books during that time because people had to write them by hand. So now they could afford this cheaper option of books because the process was much faster and much cheaper. So that was the Northern Renaissance. Remember, Christian Renaissance... It had Christian values, but also still focused on humanism and individualism in art while adopting the naturalist and naturalism views for landscape and more peasants in their artwork. And you also had new scholarly thinkers reforming church and the new ideas of political policies and new political ideas. We are moving on to the new world. So if you just wanted to hear about the Renaissance, this is your time to click away. But I hope that you will stay with me for talking about the new world and why the Europeans wanted to discover the new world or what they thought was a new trade route, and we'll get into that. So, it all started with the Mongols increasing their market for consumer goods in Europe, and they set up Constantinople as the main trading hub for these goods, and the main good was spices. And why were spices so important? They're important because spices can preserve food, which in a time that they didn't have any way to cool food and freeze it, which we can do readily available now, they needed a way to preserve their food. And they wanted their food to taste better. So spices was the main thing that was traded through these 
markets, and especially in Constantinople, from Asia. These spices came from Asia. And remember this Constantinople. That will be the important place that will shift why the Europeans want to move to the New World. Next, the Ottoman Turks invaded Constantinople. They invaded the precious market and trading capital and trading city of the world. And this caused trade to stop. It just stopped because the Ottoman Turks were now in control of all the trading ports. And Europeans wanted to find new ways to get goods. And this led to Portugal thinking, well we can find sea routes to go and we can go get the supplies and bring it back and we can sell it and we can make money. And that's really what they were thinking. And they were somewhat successful and they went down the African coast and they crossed the Cape of Good Hope in Africa And they made their way to India, and they got money from goods. But this wasn't the best route because you had to go all the way down from Africa. And along the way, they found slaves from Africa, and they thought that that was one way they could get some labor and they could make some money by selling slaves. But it still wasn't enough. So... They sent Columbus thinking that they could make their way to India from the east to the west to India across the sea. But they did not know that there was a big continent right in the middle of their way. So they sent Columbus on their voyage and he found what he thought was India But he found the new world. And this is where all the trading for Spain begins. And this is when Spain sets up their empire while Portugal is trading around Africa to India to get their supplies. Spain is setting up their whole empire in the new world. And an important vocab term to know is the Colombian exchange. And as the Spanish set up their empire, they had things going across. They were taking things, all of this across the Atlantic Ocean. And some notable things are silver and gold that they shipped back to Europe. And it made a lot of the people funding the voyages really wealthy And it set up a huge economy around this. And they also got crops like sugar in plantations. Rum was a big export. And also the Europeans brought horses over to the New World. And this changed the lives of many of the Native Americans in the New World because they were able to hunt, they were able to travel with the horses 
but it also brought disease to the New World, and many Native Americans died because of the Columbian Exchange because they had no immunities to diseases that Europeans brought. But we don't stress about that too much because that is a American U.S. history topic. So we'll talk about more what the Columbian Exchange did to Europe. So it had the economic takeoff because of the gold and silver, but it also had the improving of diets because these new foods found in the New World were shipped back like potatoes, beans, corn, squash. Those are the main crops that were brought back. And so all this new products, new wealth, especially for Spain, being brought back to Europe, it fueled technology and specifically war technology and the new world a big impact on Europe while Europe had a big impact on the new world one thing that we should focus on is that they were able to adopt new war technologies because of the wealth they had gathered the nobility the monarchs had gathered because of the Columbian exchange and since war was a big part of Europe and the different countries, this was all about war improving the technology. And that's what how they used their wealth and a main reason why they wanted to gain wealth through Columbian Exchange because war meant power in Europe. And if they had power, they could control the people they were over their subjects and they could almost um, decide what they wanted for political power. So that was a little bit about the discovery of the new world and how it affected Europe and why they wanted to discover the new world because they had no more trading route in Asia because of the de- and invasion of Constantinople. So join us next week for some more information on European history. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. It was my first one, so I know I had some hiccups and a little bit of mess ups, but I believe it'll get better. I believe it will get more smoother and I won't ramble on too much. But thanks for watching. We'll see you next week.